Are you ready to realize the true potential in your life and help others do the same? Get equipped to create a thriving future with the Secrets of Success podcast. Inspire others to live, lead, and work on purpose and experience the joy of watching satisfaction and productivity come to life. And now, here's your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. You know, each week, we want to give you something that's practical for you. And today, I'm just going to be doing a solo show and just throwing some ideas out to you about, you know, how can you have a successful and fulfilling life. And I really want to do two parts with you today. So I want you to let's clearly think about our mindset about some items. And the first part is really about busyness. And then the second part, I'm going to take you into constructing really your quest wheel, which is a, a, a chapter in my book, The Quest for Purpose. And I'm going to talk into it in, uh, about it in more detail than I have before. So when we think about life, <laughs> have you ever come across somebody and you said, you know what, how are you doing? So oh, I'm really busy. And it almost seems, and certainly in North America, I can't speak for the rest of the world, that we have a badge of honor that the busier I am, the better it is. The busier, busyness is seen as a medal, a medal of honor. So we actually, and this is a, a, a statement I got from an article that was sent to me, is that we glorify time famine. Hey, in the pursuit of a good life where I'm going to enjoy myself and I'm going to be happy, one of the conditions that we kind of put on ourselves, certainly in North America, and maybe some very, very busy uh, entrepreneurs, is let's make sure that I have no margins, no buffer, uh, nothing, that our mindset is that busy is the quest. When really, in fact, don't we want to have a fulfilling life? That's what I'm going to talk about in part two of this podcast. About what should we be thinking about for designing the life that we want, constructing what I call your quest wheel. When we think about life, I mean, the reality is, is that we kind of get addicted to work and we don't, haven't even developed the rest of our life. I was working with a client not that long ago and there was an individual on the team who had not taken a single holiday day in 10 years. Said, what are you talking about? No, no, and, and this is a real life story. It's a ten years, not a single holiday day. So what is what's with that? What's going on? What's because we think that we're so important. Now all the research is clear: is that our productivity, when we don't take time for ourselves, when we don't take time off, when we don't enjoy the balance of life, our productivity actually goes down. And then you get into a vicious circle that the harder I work, the more that I work, the less I do per hour, so then I've got to work even more. So then all of a sudden I've gone from 8 to 10 to 12 hours. Now I'll have days where I'll do 10 or 12 hours. That's not a big deal, but I won't do it all the time. And what's interesting, those of us that grow up in a culture where busyness has been upheld and put on a pedestal, when we take time off, we actually feel guilty. So we need to learn, and for those of you that are listening, maybe some of you have achieved this. Maybe you have uh, established this 
margins where you have some uh, unscheduled time. And there's all kinds of research around uh, young people today, you know, 8, 9, 10, 12-year-olds, where they are completely stressed because there's not a moment of their life that's not unscheduled. You know, they go to school, then they head over to soccer game, and then they're going to a dance class, and then they got a youth club. Youth club. So all, all these things are going on, and there's just no space for them just to kind of be. And so interesting, though, even though the United States is the one that takes the least amount of holidays, you know, they have 12 paid vacation days, but most people actually go unused because they don't take them, just like my client was doing. But they are rated number five in productivity in the world in GDP per work force development. You know, so this culture of busyness, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge the people around you. Yes, I love to be busy. I love to work hard, and I love to change it up. You know, maybe I'm doing a podcast right now, or maybe I'm going to do some writing, or I'm having lunch with a client, and so that really brings some variety for me as part of that process. But this busyness is costing us in our health, in our wellness, in our well-being. In the U.S. alone, just very, very soon here, by 2020 or so, is one out of $5 spent in the country is going to be on health care. Well, that's ridiculous. I really should be in a situation where uh, preventative wellness, and I've done an entire show on wellness, and we'll do some more in the future, is that this busyness is uh, causing us to be stressed, to be sick, to be ill. Now, there's many other factors that come into play there, but I really want to suggest that if we don't build margins, if we don't build time in ourselves, and by the way, I go with Dr. Marshall Goldsmith, the author of Triggers, is that a lot of times we are taking time off, but it's not meaningful time off, it's amusement. So all we do is then we watch TV for eight hours. So that maybe isn't meaningful. Maybe I'm not reading a book where I'm growing myself or uh, I'm just relaxing in the sun by the pool or something like that. So all of these items are opportunities for you. you know, so this, there is a decline in our lifestyle as far as taking care of ourselves, de-stressing. There is a new research that's out that um, biologically your body feels better when you're thankful, when you're relaxed, your immune system um, increases. It has to do with the mitochondria, and I don't want to get into the science of that right now, but the biology, the physiology of us improves when we take time off, when we relax. I mean, that's why a lot of people that do relaxation, meditation, uh, prayer, they just feel better about themselves if they do it consistently. Why? Because by Biologically, we are in a better set. So, first of all, I just want to encourage you that we get rid of, we challenge this concept that busy is a reward. Busy is something that's better. Yes, I want to be busy. So imagine you go onto the street and they say, Ken, how are you doing? And instead of saying, oh, I'm really, really busy, I say, you know what? I have just got the most balanced life. I have a lot of time off. I'm just really spending time with people that matter and taking care of my fitness. How many people answer that way? Hardly anybody, right? If anybody. 
So this week, after listening to this podcast, I want you to think about where are you taking time and space for yourself. Now, transition. Let's just take that mindset and let's switch the other way. And says, listen, the reason that a lot of times we don't have these things in our life is that I don't actually have a vision or an idea of what my perfect life looks like. So in the Quest for Purpose book, what I get you to do in the end of the book, really after doing all the research and figuring out what's the most important in your life, I actually take and have, I have 12 spokes in a wheel or 12 pieces of pie in a circular drawing. And in the center of that drawing is your life purpose. You know, what is your, what is your reason why? And so my reason why is that my purpose is to help others to live, lead, and work in purpose and for them to realize their potential, have a meaning full and uh, fulfilling life. So I'm looking really at that holistic. That is my life purpose. But in that, I have all these different 12 slices. And I'm going to take you through these 12 slices. And if you want to learn more about this, then you can go to uh, our site and get the book, The Quest for Purpose, and read about it. But you can do it auditorily right now. And I just want to talk about 12 areas. And what I get you to do is to create micro-vision statements for each one of the areas. So the vision statements should be active tense statements, meaning they shouldn't be goals. Goals come out of vision. Vision is an active tense statement, meaning you are always achieving it. You never achieve it. It's something that is fluid, that is moving, and then goals come out of it. So I'm just going to take you through 12 different areas. And, and interesting enough, do you know that work is only one of the 12? So 12 different areas. So 11 out of the 12 have nothing to do with work, though work will support some of the things that I'm going to be talking about. So let's just go through these 12. And as you're listening to this, if you're busy driving or something like that, I just want to, you can come back and replay it and write out what the 12 are or just get your pen out if you're, you're not driving or if you have time to kind of listen. And I want you to start thinking about you know, 12, 12 vision statements that you can develop out of this. So number one is self, meaning from a vision point of view, what is it that is your vision statement for taking care of yourself? What do you want to do that only you can do with you? So what does that mean for you? Is it some kind of experiences? It is time off? It's relaxing? Is that for me, I want to realize my potential and bring the best that I can every single day. Well, that might be a vision statement, but then how do I do it are the goals that come out of it. So think about self and what's important to self. Now, this is not from a self-centered, arrogant, egotistical point of view. It is from a self-honoring and growth and development point of view. Number two, so first one is self. Number two is family. So what is it that you, what's your vision for your family? That you would be connected, that you would have strong relationships, that you would have credibility within that space? So how many times have we had uh, individuals who say that their family is important to them and then they never spend any time with them? You know, there, there's no congruence in that. A lot of times people regret what happens in their life because they didn't spend time with their family. Now, I've told this story before. You know, in, my, uh, in the 90s, we were very blessed with a contract 
that uh, with Pfizer, we're, we're the sole source suppliers of all soft skills for uh, English Canada. And in that, I was on the road for six years of nearly 300 days a year. Some of it local, but many had an airplanes. One year I had 150 airplane flights, not days away, but actual flights. In those days, guess what? My family didn't see me. So even though I called home every night and talked to my kids, there was a conflict between the busyness of what I wanted to do to stay connected with my family and what my career was doing at that time. So I would never change it because my experience and growth happened so quickly and rapidly with that amount of work. But on the flip side, I would never do it again because it would really be costly in terms of personal relationships. So what kind of relationship do you want to have with your family? Are you planning events? Are you scheduling that? If you have a significant other, have you included the fact that you're going to have a date night? And that is included as part of your goal because if you're going to have a connected family, then this idea of, okay, it's got to be quality time and so I'm going to spend three minutes with you, it doesn't work. You have to spend a significant amount of time with them and that doesn't happen unless you schedule it. Number two, relatives. So let's get into the extended family. Do you want to connect? Do you want to talk to your siblings? If you have brothers or sisters, mothers or dad, do you go visit them? And we're now in a situation during the recording of this podcast that uh, both parent sides are elderly, in fact, lost our stepfather-in-law uh, just a few weeks ago. And so we have made a commitment in our family that we are visiting them at least once a week, and then we call them at least once a week, and then Brenda's calling her mother almost daily. And so when we think about, okay, relatives, if we're not uh, putting a plan in place, if we're not reaching out to them, guess what? We just get busy. I remember, this is kind of interesting, one of our friends, their father was in the hospital. Now, these individuals grew up in a, a missionary school. And so their dad was a missionary, and he was going out into uh, different countries doing his work there. But the kids were in another country at a boarding school. And so really, they learned to operate without support. But as his dad got elderly, his dad was hospitalized. And so, you know, we were, because we knew this individual, we were out visiting. And it's interesting, uh, the sons of this individual didn't come to visit. And in a conversation with them, because I knew them, I asked the question, I said, well, why didn't you go visit? I said, well, the thought never occurred to us. So the thought never occurred to them to go visit their father who was in the hospital because they had their life was so independently run that it wasn't sort of a mindset. And so at first we might hear that and, and be judgmental, but really no, when you think about it, that is how they grew up. That was you had to independently run your life. So what is your goal to kind of connect with your relatives? Are you sending little sort of funny jokes or texting or reaching out to them? And here's the reality. If you don't reach out to those individuals, then uh, really you're not, we're not developing those relationships. And it's not a should. It is really what do you want to do yourself? And what is it that's something that you value? And if you build those relationships and as we move in our life, it's pretty cool that you can have your relatives around you and connecting with you. you know, or the next item that I have on the list is friends. 
So you have family, you have relatives, but then you have friends. So what is it you want to do with friends? How do you want to connect with them? I've mentioned before that you know, our life really does reflect the five closest friendships that we develop. And so in almost in every way. So are you intentionally de- uh, developing friendships with individuals who really can be peers for you, that really help you grow, that stretch you, and whatever mindset that might be. If you have friends who are really, really negative, it's going to be difficult to be successful in life. It's because they are going to be draining you. So uh, sometimes you almost have to kind of push back if they're a gossip. Listen, have you dealt with that individual? Otherwise, I don't want to hear about it. So you create your structure around it. So my encouragement is, what is it you want to do with friends? Where do you want to go? Do you want to travel together? Do you want to have sort of games night? Do you want to go in the movies together? Do you go to dinner together? Whatever the case might is, do you reach out? Do you invite them over for coffee? Do you say, or as, uh, heaven forbid, like we used to do in the dairy farm, just show up and say, I'm here, uh, put the coffee pot on. And that's what good friends can do. The next one on this uh, circle of 12 is learning. So I've talked about before that the rule of five applies to uh, most successful individual, and that is where they spend five hours a week minimum learning about their profession, growing on new information. So every morning I get newsletters on health and wellness, on leadership, and or a book that I'm working on where I'm spending at least five hours a week in research, in reading the information, or even my spiritual journey, and just listening to podcasts. So every week I have this plan that I'm learning. So for you, what's your learning plan? What is it that you've put into play so that you can grow. And nowadays, in today's uh, economy, pardon me, is that you really, there's no such thing, quote, unquote, as a career. We have really more of understanding of expertise. So how are you learning what's new in the areas of interest and passion for you? So keep that in mind. The next one is spirituality or spiritual walk. You know, I've said this before. I don't believe that we're human beings having spiritual experience. I believe we're spiritual beings having a physical experience. So whatever that spiritual walk is for you, I talk about my journey and my sort of spiritual quest in the book, The Quest for Purpose. So if you're going to develop and be connected to that spiritual side, if you think there is nothing going on, then that will be your own quest as far as what you're doing. But am I developing that? The next one is, in all things, and this is not included in many uh, wheels, is really public policy. And so what I mean by that is what do you stand for in the community? What is it that uh, you, you really want to embrace? So, you know, am I embracing uh, organic foods or something like that? Or am I bringing uh, policies where tiny homes can come in there, where people can put little cottages in the back? So that's all public policy. You know, am I for organic versus GMOs? These kinds of things where if, it, is my voice of what's important to me being heard and how might I communicate it and who would I communicate it with? You know, I happen to grow up in this community, five generations of this community, so usually I have some connection to the people that are in political office for the purposes of friendship, but also the purposes of influence and sharing, you know, what 
I think is important in terms of public policy. The next one is your social life. So we have all these friends, but what's that social thing? Are there some events you want to go to? Are there some groups you want to be part of? Are there some parties you want to go to? So what does that look to you? I mean, there are some individuals who don't really want to go out very often. The other people, if they're not out every night, <laughs> then they're suffering. And so what, from a social life point of view, might your vision be that you want to kind of be engaged? There is a lot of research that when you go and engage others and give to others, again, your health and wellness improves. In fact, Dr. Oz has his health assessment uh, online, and if you take it online, it talks about how many friends do you have and how often do you sort of socialize. And the more that you do, the longer your life is because your social network is tighter. There is more support for you, and that is an important piece to talk about. The next one is recreation. You know, so what's the fun things? Do you like golfing? Do you like tennis? Do you now there's a big thing in North America called pickleball for those of us that are older. Or I like motorcycling. So that's kind of a recreation thing where that is where I enjoy uh, working and doing. The next one, so again, what are some of those recreational uh, opportunities? Where do you do them? How do you do them? The frequency you do them. The next one is athletics and physical health, which is different than recreation. So I might go play tennis. Now, tennis could be recreation. Maybe I like hiking. That could link to you athletics or your physical health. But physical health also has to do with nutrition, has to do with mindset, has to do with sleep, has to do with working out, has to do with fitness training. So what is it that you want? I mean, uh, athletic sort of positive physical health doesn't happen by accident. So are you watching what you're eating? Are you paying attention to the dynamics around you? Are you uh, ingesting toxins like sugar or those kinds of things? Or do you really want to be a vibrant person? It's interesting with uh, my stepfather-in-law passing away recently, and he was in a residential care home. It was just a sad state that, most of the people, though, don't get me wrong, the people that were working there were just great hearts. But most of the people in there were just waiting to die. They were not living. And so when I saw that, it was just a reminder that I don't want you know, mobility and consciousness and cognitive impairment. I, I want to do my best so that I don't get into those situations uh, at least as much as I can control it moving forward. And by the way, you've heard what I've said on shows before, is that 95% of our illnesses are lifestyle or environmentally created. It's nothing to do with our DNA. So, And there's more and more research that actually is coming out with that recently. So how I think, what do I eat, what do I do, is influencing my condition. The next one on the 12 is financial portfolio. So if you have no financial goals, if you have no financial target, then you will get that target. So uh, what's it that you want to do? When you do some of these things, if you work it backwards, you know, if I'm going to, if one of my recreation items and one of my enjoyment in social life is to travel or do cruises, well, that takes money. Well, then how am I able to do it? How am I able to achieve it? So are you aware of what your 
financial sort of goals or objectives are. And if you don't have any, then anything will do. You know, all of these things, I need to keep fine-tuning them. I need to keep revising them. It's something that you want to keep in front of your eyes as far as looking at what your vision statement is on all of these at all times. So what is that financial portfolio? Where would you like to be? Now, the other one is, is there's a whole, I did a whole show on money. There's all kinds of uh, money attitudes, mindset, uh, fiscal responsibility. If you spend more than you earn and you're debt-ridden, well, then all these things will affect your financial portfolio. And the final item out of the 12 is community service. So where is it that you can give? Where is it that you can support? What do you like doing as far as giving? I'm a transactional supporter. So we're having a um, young adults group uh, come into Sergi's office here in a couple of days. And so I, in many cases, for these sort of nonprofit uh, youth development groups, I will donate my time to do workshops for them on leadership and on personality. And so I very much enjoy doing it because it's not only it's into my passion where I love speaking and training and developing and helping others, but at the same time I can give in that environment. So really the two cross over, and so that is where I prefer to give. Now I tend not to be part of groups that require uh, me to be there every week because of my travel schedule, uh, the obligation to it. If I'm not there half the time, that really isn't how I like to give. So I've figured out where do I like to give, and then I've been sat on um, a nonprofit boards, uh, sat on a school board. So there are different times that I have sat on and been a director of the fair board or the youth commission for the community. So where is it that you like to Give. Can you get involved that way? So uh, what is it that you can contribute? Now, those are the 12. Now, I misrepresented slightly in the very beginning where I said, you know, career is only 11 out of the 12. Well, I actually don't even have career down here. So career is really an underpinning that comes out of that. And it's not so much a career. It's more about what is it that I want to do in my life that really is fulfilling, where this is my assignment, this is my purpose. And that goes on the top of all of those items as part of that. So keep all of those 12 in mind. So the 12 that are looking there, so let's just quickly go through them, that you have a vision statement of self, family, relatives, friends, learning, spiritual, public policy, social life, recreation, athletics and physical life, financial portfolio, and community service. What would it mean if you took the time to go and establish what your vision is in each of those areas and you continue to look at that and you continue to find to it and now all of a sudden you have this fulfilling life. You know, we're not working 90 hours in a week or 140 hours in a week and nothing else is a to me. Nothing else is happening. I don't hang out with friends. I don't see relatives. I barely see my family. My health is kind of in a wreck. It's in a mess. All of those things can happen when I get into busyness. And when I say busyness, busyness meaning, okay, it's all about work. So you know what? We all have this desire some level or another, some more than other, to have a life that's fulfilling, meaningful, and that is significant. 
do you know that your time with others? Uh, I know when I go and we go and visit my mom and dad, who are alive at the the recording of this podcast. Uh, they, uh, my mom kept saying, "Thanks for coming over. Thanks for coming over." My mom can't get out of the home anymore because unable to do so. And so, uh, don't underestimate the difference that you can make in other people's lives when you get out of self-centeredness and when you give to others. And the other one is, it's good for us too. When we give, we feel better. We feel encouraged. Uh, we are, our immunity system is pushed up. So here's just some final thoughts for this uh, podcast and this show. Where in your life have you thought about busyness as a medal of honor? Have you, can you rethink that? Can you restructure that? Have we only said that, you know what, I need to do 12 hours to be able to get this done? You know, why does it say that? I mean, I have a friend who's doing 25, 30 hours a week in terms of the work side. He does lots of other efforts and work, uh, but has a fulfilling life, has a seven-figure business uh, based on that structure. So we don't have to be restricted by some of the mindset that's out there. You know, have you taken some time for yourself so that you can reflect on these? You know what? Life takes effort. And your life's going to come and go. My life's going to come and go if I do something intentional or not. So are you going to pay attention and do something intentionally for your life? I'm not trying to get preachy with you. I'm just encouraging you that... Your life matters. What you do matters for yourself and for other people. And if you just take some time, maybe it's going to be a few hours. So what? What were you doing in a few hours anyways? Maybe just watching a meaningless TV show. Uh, That's not to say I don't watch meaningless TV shows, but I'm just saying if you have some other things that are more important to attend to, are you paying attention to that? So I just encourage you that you would strike out busyness, that you would build some margins, and that you would construct your what we call micro-vision statements for the 12 items that are in the Quest wheel. And if you want to learn more about that, then the questforpurpose.ca or the Quest for Purpose book, which you can get on Amazon or crgleader.com, is available. You know what? You are important. You have a difference to be made. Uh, Is that good English? You have a difference (laughs) to be made in uh, society. And so I just encourage that you would embrace that. You know, thank you. As I always say at the end of every show, thank you for listening. You've given and shared with us your most valuable commodity, time, which we were just talking about, is that nobody manages time. You only manage priorities that go in it. So thank you for sharing that. If you like what we're doing, I'd very much appreciate it. If you could pass it on, share, tell others, let others know. Uh, write us a positive review at the uh, bottom of the show and whatever you're listening to, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever it is. So thank you for all of that. And uh, I just look forward to serving you in the next show. You've been listening to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keith. Thanks for exploring the secrets of success with us. If you want to keep the momentum going, log on to crgleader.com. Scroll to the bottom and sign up for our inspirational emails. You can also take your success to the next level by following us on Facebook and Twitter and connecting with Ken on LinkedIn. We hope you have a great week and look forward to you joining us next time for the Secrets of Success podcast with Dr. Ken Keyes.